So Tom always said every day was the best day ever. And even whenever he went through diagnosis and he went through um, the, the final stages of cancer um, until he was uh, just a couple of days out from passing, he would mouth to his family when they asked him how he's doing, today's the best day ever. He had a positive attitude knowing his days were numbered, but he always said it's the best day ever. And I'm inspired by that. He taught me to look at each day like that. So um, that's what I'm here to help you with. No matter what you're going through, uh, try as hard as you can to count your blessings, not the negative that's going on in your life. And when you wake up, say, I'm going to make today the best day ever. Hello everyone, welcome to The Best Day Ever with Vanessa Broussard. I'm Vanessa and I am a Southeast Texas native. Um, what you're about to hear, a story I'm about to tell you is a story of love, heartache, uh, tears, um, losing my husband to cancer, losing a child stillborn, but then in the end, trusting in God and um, knowing that uh, the best was yet to come and I have a happy ending, a very blessed happy ending to tell you. So um, a little bit about myself, I am from Southeast Texas and I am a longtime journalist in Southeast Texas. Uh, for years I was a news producer, a news reporter, and then a news anchor in my hometown of Beaumont, Texas. All of my family lives here, my friends, and so I love this area, and um, I kind of stayed put because this is who I am, and I love the Southeast Texas culture. As a reporter many years ago uh, for Channel 12 in Beaumont, Texas, I remember the day vividly that I walked into work, and my assignment editor, as I walked in, said, you're gonna cover the South Texas State Fair today. And I said, okay, good. Like, I was happy because usually I cover a lot of hard news, and that's fatalities, murders, what's going on at the courthouse, things like that. So to have a fun day of covering the South Texas State Fair already made my day. So I asked him, who's the media person this year? And he told me Tom Broussard. Well, I had never met Tom Broussard, but I knew he was a businessman in Southeast Texas and his family has a long history of doing business in our area. And so I called him, you know, if you're older like me, you remember the Rolodexes that we used to, to have to keep um, names and phone numbers. Well, that's all digital now. So I typed in his name in the computer and his cell phone number came up and I called him and asked him if he would meet my photographer and I at the South Texas State Fair to do an interview. He agreed and we met. And he was the nicest, genuine, kindest man I had ever met. I went home and asked my mom, Mom, do you know Tom Broussard? And she told me that day, that evening, I don't know him personally, but I know his family. They're a great family. And I explained to her that I interviewed him that day and he was just a wonderful, um, nice, caring person. Fast forward about a year and a half or two years and um, I had seen him at events and around town and would greet him and say hello, but we never had any contact. Until one day I was really involved with the uh, animal care service here in Southeast Texas where uh, they try to get animals adopted and saved. And I was doing a live report one morning and he sent me a text to my cell phone that he didn't know how I could go to the animal shelter and not bring home all of the animals. Well, 
Um, I kind of laughed and I said, trust me, I want to. I want to save all of the animals. And it's hard to go into shelters, as you know, if you're ever looking for an animal to adopt, you want to bring them all home. And so from then we started talking and, and months went by and we started dating. And when I tell you, he is the nicest, genuine, kindest, loving human being I have ever met. He truly was. I knew when we started hanging out before we started officially dating that I was going to marry him. I knew it. And so we start dating. We start traveling. Um, never had an argument. We were blessed to be with each other. And, and um, every uh, birthday that came along, every holiday that came along, Father's Day, he has an older son from a previous marriage, older son Lee. Um, I would ask him, what do you want as a gift? And he would always say, time. I just want to spend time with you. So it was always hard on his birthday and things like that to find him something because I wanted him to open a present, but all he wanted was time. And I'm telling you this because time is so precious with your loved ones, with your family, with your friends. Um, you can put work aside and spend time with your loved ones because tomorrow is not promised to me. It's not promised to you. It's not promised to your child. It's not promised to your parents. It's not promised to anyone. We never know from day to day if we'll be here or not. So remember that time is the most precious gift. Fast forward to um, 2016, 2017, Tom uh, had come by my mother's house. I was living with my mom at the time while we were dating. He had come by my mother's house uh, to tell me have a great day at work. And he left and I went to work and I had no sooner sat down at my computer and I received a text from Tom that said, can't talk. And he mentioned that his cousin was on his way to get him on the side of the road. Well, being a woman, I wasn't texting back. I was calling immediately. Even though he said he couldn't talk, I was calling immediately. And I noticed in his voice he was stuttering over uh, a lot of his words. So he was uh, taken to a local hospital in Beaumont, Texas to uh, get checked out. We thought maybe he had a stroke. And come to find out, they couldn't find any signs of him having a stroke. So they took him by ambulance and I rode with him to Houston, St. Luke's in Houston. And so uh, they did tests, they ran tests on him and, and the next day came back and said, we see a small spot on your brain. We don't know what it is, it's teeny tiny, so we can't detect just yet what it is. Come back in a month. So we went on vacation, we you know, were worried about what this spot was, um, expecting the worst but hoping for the best. We go back in a month and they ran tests again and immediately took him into surgery because the spot had grown significantly. He was in at surgery for hours and hours and I had the rosary in my hand in the, in the waiting room um, praying for the best. The doctor comes out, we're surrounded by family and he says, uh, Tom had a tumor. We successfully removed the tumor, but he has glioblastoma. Being in the news, um, I had just, uh, it was the top story the whole week before that Senator John McCain had been diagnosed with glioblastoma. So I knew exactly what this condition was. And all I could ask the doctor was what John McCain has. And he says, yes, what John McCain has. And I just literally fell into my mother's arms crying because I knew glioblastoma is the most aggressive form or one of the most aggressive forms of brain cancer and the life expectancy is not long at all. Um, typically people live up to a year at most. So I cried and cried and my entire life 
I felt like in the hospital flash before my eyes. Um, and when they say a room is spinning, literally that's what was going on. The room was spinning. Um, I, uh, several minutes went by and the doctor says, Tom wants to see Vanessa and his mother. His mother, as sweet as she is, said, Vanessa, you go first. So I go first and the doctor stopped me in the hall because I was just crying and crying and crying. He says, you cannot go in there like that. You, you need to be positive for him. And I was like, okay. So I wipe my tears and I go in there and he grabs my hand, Tom does, and he says, um, are you okay? And I just went, and he says, Vanessa, and I just broke down <laughs> because I couldn't hold it. But I want to tell you, too, that's how Tom was. So even though he knew that he had this condition, he wanted to make sure I was okay. And so clearly I was not. And so uh, we visited a little bit, but there was more family, like his mother and others, his son, Lee, who wanted to come in and, and see him. So that night I go back to the hotel room with my mom and... Um, she had to get me out of the bathtub. I could not even stand up. I was crying. She had to help me put a towel around me. Um, I remember uh, sitting between the toilet and the bathtub crying and crying, and I called my priest. And for once, as a religious person, a person who went through Catholic school, um, I was mad at God. And um, I called the priest, and the priest told me these exact words. It's okay to be mad at God, but don't stay in that place too long. He's got big shoulders. He can handle it, but you've got to get out of this place. Don't stay there long. And so um, I remember him telling me that because as the next two years progressed, I would get upset and I would get angry. And I knew that was okay, but I had to push forward, right? And so I had to push forward for Tom, myself. Well, when Tom was diagnosed, um, he said, you know, I, I want to still marry you. I want to have a family with you because we feel like the devil attacks happiness. And so if you're struggling at home, don't let the devil attack your happiness. You have to find um, ways around it and you have to find your happiness in other aspects. So Tom went to a fertility clinic, Baylor in Houston, and he uh, banked some sperm just in case he didn't survive this cancer and we weren't able to have children. And so uh, he did that immediately. That was successful. And they told me, okay, um, it's here. So if you ever need it, it's here. So keep that in mind. So um, as time went on, since they removed the entire tumor, he went a good six, seven, eight months um, without it relapsing, coming back. And we traveled, had fun, spent time together, right? Because that's what we always wanted, just time together. No gifts, no material things, time. And so... Um, it was February 13th of the next year. He uh, sent me flowers to work because on February 14th, Valentine's Day, he had his next appointment to do an MRI for checkup. And so uh, we celebrated Valentine's Day on the 13th. February 14th rolls around Valentine's Day. He has a checkup. His cancer had returned. Because it was deeper inside of his brain, they were not able to remove it all. And so because it's very aggressive, um, it spread quickly and Tom um, passed away in 2019. But in 2018, we were able to get married. Um, it was a struggle to get there, um, but he made sure that we had um, the most beautiful princess-like wedding um, for me at a Catholic cathedral in Beaumont. Uh, it was gorgeous. Uh, we had a, a wonderful turnout of family and friends who I'm blessed to uh, 
call my family and friends. Uh, everyone was so supportive through this journey with Tom and I, um, but we didn't even get to celebrate our uh, first wedding anniversary. He passed away about one month before our one year anniversary. So um, not only was I struggling with the loss of Tom, I was also struggling with why was time the only thing we ever asked for taken away from us because between the time that um, he sent me that message at the animal clinic to the time he passed we had spent five years together but two of those years were battling cancer um, I was pregnant with my first child our first child whenever Tom passed I was about six months pregnant and when they say what doesn't kill you can make you stronger. This is a story um, of that, but also um, how um, being heartbroken can kill you. So um, Tom passed away in March of 2019, I'm sorry, 2019, March of 2019. I was about six months pregnant. Um, three weeks later, I was being uh, taken to Houston by a medical helicopter with a condition known as preeclampsia. It's a pregnancy condition. I had it extremely early due to the stress and heartache and um, just the sadness I was going through. When women who are pregnant usually get preeclampsia, it's in their third trimester. Well, mine hit early, early on. And if you're not familiar with preeclampsia, it's a condition that um, they do not know how it starts. They can't control it. And um, basically, you just have to end the pregnancy. So if you're far enough along, they go in and take the baby and um, um, because it can be fatal for the mother and the child. Well, since I was only uh, 19, 20 weeks along, it was too early to deliver my child. So they, they sent me to uh, Houston by medical helicopter. Again, this is just weeks after Tom passed. They told my mom to pack me a bag because uh, I was going to be there a while. I was there for four weeks. Um, every day mattered trying to save my child and um, unfortunately uh, we couldn't uh, save him. Uh, I was fading fast. My kidneys were shutting down. Um, they thought one of, they knew one of us was about to go but because um, I felt like I had lived already um, I wanted to save my baby and give him a chance to live. His name was Tommy. Uh, so uh, we go in one day for an ultrasound and because uh, they were testing me every single day uh, we go in one morning for our next ultrasound and we found that he did not have a heartbeat. So um, if you can imagine what I had left of Tom, the only thing I had left of Tom uh, was taken away also. So I lost Tom and my child, buried them both um, a month and a half apart. The, the doctor told me whenever I was released from the hospital, I was at a point to where I really didn't want to live. I had no reason to live. Um, I love my family. I love my life. Everything was great, but I felt like my husband and my child were in heaven, and that's where I wanted to be. So while the doctors, after I delivered Tommy, were still trying to save me and to get my kidneys functioning again and, and making sure I was okay, I literally didn't want them to. I wanted them to stop all medications. I wanted them to pull out every plug they had on me, the catheter, everything. I did not want them to try to save me, but of course that's their job <laughs> and that's what they were doing. And um, they, they specifically told me, a doctor told me, you have a purpose here. And I asked, what's my purpose? And he says, I don't know, only God knows. Well, so I kept that in the back of my mind. Surely I have a purpose here because I was fading and God could have taken me too. Before I was released from the hospital, one of the doctors tapped me on the foot as I laid in the hospital bed and said, you know, this could have gone a different way, but Tommy took one for the team. Meaning, I was so close to passing away, but he went ahead and went so I could stay and serve my purpose. 
So um, I get released, I go home, and I live in a state of depression for, for months and months. And I, I close the blinds of my house, where I am now, close the blinds. I did not want to face the world, and, uh, but I did have to go back to work. I was a morning news anchor in Vermont, and um, I would have to tell people every morning, good morning, the sun's shining today, hope you're having a great day. And I would go home and just uh, shut my door and shut myself off from the outside world and, and cry and be depressed. Well. Again, you can't stay in this state for too long, right? That's what the priest told me. So um, I would eventually, about six, seven months later, start slowly getting back out, slowly um, hanging around family more, um, friends, doing things, and I found that um, it was helping me. Well, um, about seven, eight, six, seven, eight months later, I was in talks with doctors at the fertility clinic, because I remember Tom Banked. At a fertility clinic and so I um, I was in talks with them and now they knew that um, I could get pregnant again but could my body hold the pregnancy because it they told me in the first pregnancy my body was seeing the baby as a foreign object and it was trying to flush out that foreign object and since we were not uh, terminating the pregnancy um, so that's when my body started shutting down. So um, we knew I could get pregnant, but could my body handle this pregnancy? So uh, my, my doctor in, in Beaumont, who is wonderful, I love him so much, uh, he and the doctors in Houston, who I also love, they're all like family now, I've been in, uh, they've been on my life journey with me. Um, they, they worked together on a plan, and this wasn't overnight. This took months to put a plan in place because even though I, had, I feel like I had the best doctors um, that people from all over the country come to see in the medical district of Houston, um, I knew God had the final say, right? So I had good hands. I was in good hands here on earth, but I knew God had the final say. So I prayed on it and prayed on it because I could not bury another child. There was just no way I could bury another child. Well, um, months went by, they'd come up with a plan, and if you've ever been through in vitro fertilization, you know it's a roller coaster ride, up and down, up and down, um, stressed, um, happy, uh, taking shots in the stomach every night, and then in the bottom some nights, and getting on different medications, and um, some medications your body doesn't react too well, so they'll switch you to another medication. So all of this took months and months to um, go through so they could make sure my body was handling everything properly. Well, um, I am happy to say that I went through the in vitro fertilization process again all through those months, and. Uh, I had a healthy embryo and uh, we named him Martin after my dad, Alex after Tom's dad, and we called him Marty. Uh, I, I was able to get pregnant and uh, every day mattered to me. I'd wake up every morning thanking God I made it to another day and then I was counting each week. And if you've, you're a mom, you know how these weeks are important. You try to get to 24 weeks and then 28 weeks and 32 weeks. And as I would get to each week, I knew my chances of, uh, if something were to happen again, my chances were improving. And so um, I got to 37 weeks and uh, delivered a happy, healthy, cutest baby boy named Marty. And uh, yeah, he's 14 months old now and the sweetest, cutest thing, looks just like Tom, acts like Tom, sweetest disposition like his dad. And so um, that is my happy ending to um, all of those struggles for years that I went through, the sadness, the heartache, burying my husband, been burying my child and I said then this is not gonna be the ending to our love story um, he banked at this fertility clinic 
uh, for the purpose of me having a child in case he didn't survive. So that's what I'm going to do. The devil's not going to win. I'm going to pray on this. God has the final say. And I just kept pushing forward until I had my happy ending. And so um, it's not the beautiful story of being with Tom and Tommy and Marty and, and going to baseball games and football games in the park. I can't control that, but I did control the part that I could, and that was continuing on um, with what I had, and that was um, his sperm, going to the fertility clinic, and having a beautiful baby boy. So um, I am excited to share that with you. And so if anyone knows um, heartache, and getting through it and hitting rock bottom and climbing your way up. Um, it's me. Um, I couldn't let depression or sadness or sorrow be the end of me. I could easily have um, taken two routes. One where I fell into a depression and stayed there or two picking myself back up and moving forward and I chose that route and I hope you choose whatever you're going through to choose that route as well. Do not let the devil win. Do not let the devil stare you in the face and say, this is the end for you, I have the last laugh, he does not. You have your choice to keep pushing forward, and that's what I did. Um, I got out of news locally to have Marty, and then I um, have been uh, blessed with so many new opportunities that I never dreamed uh, would have happened to me. I got on, uh, signed on with a national political organization, uh, Right Side Broadcasting Network, where I cover political events across the country. Um, so I fly out with them whenever they need me. And now um, I am here trying to uh, help you because I feel like now, after all these years, telling my story, um, because for so long I couldn't tell it. I just kept it to myself. Now I'm telling my story and I feel like when the doctor says we don't know your purpose, only God does, I have finally figured out my purpose. To be a mother, the best mother I can be to little Marty and then also help whoever I can at home because you have a choice. And, and being in the news business, I have seen so many, uh, covered so many stories of people who just spiral downhill. You cannot do that. And so I thought, you know what? I have hit rock bottom. I have been there. I have cried pleading to God to please not let this be the case. But I picked myself up. I climbed my way out of that hole and I continued pushing forward and you can too. So I wanted to share your story or share my story with you so you would know that I'm always here for you. No matter if you're going through issues at your job, in a relationship, with a uh, terminal illness, uh, with a, a child that maybe is um, a teenager and hard-headed and you can't get to them, I can help you with that as well. I've been a teenager and I've been off to college. I've actually had um, several emails today uh, from mothers who want me to help uh, their children who are teenage years. I can definitely help with that. So um, if you need anything, I'm always here um, because I feel like we're all in this together no matter what it is. Uh, so that's my story. That's who I am. And I'm glad you're here uh, today to listen to that. And um, again, if you uh, want anything, I need anything, have a shoulder to cry on, just someone to vent to, please send me uh, an email. Uh, you can do that at vanessabroussard1 at gmail.com. You can go to my website, vanessabroussard.com. There you can schedule a one-on-one. -on -one. Also, if you're with an organization, a church, a company, a corporate organization who uh, is looking for a motivational speaker, I would love to come talk and share my story.
story and also inspire others to live their best day ever because it truly is. When you wake up every day, you have the opportunity to make sure it's the best day ever. It's all in your attitude and how you look at life. We have so much life to live. I never imagined in a million years that I would be a widow at 37 years old and that I would have to go to the cemetery at 37 years old bringing flowers to my husband and my little baby. But I do it. I do it for birthdays. I do it for Father's Day. I do it for Christmas. Um, and then I just continue on. And I continue on now with my little boy Marty by my side. And so you can pick up where you are to and move forward. You can start today and climb out of that hole if you feel like you've hit rock bottom and I would love to help you with that so um, go to my, my uh, website vanessabroussard.com and, and if you're watching on um, YouTube make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel best day ever with Vanessa Broussard we'll see you right back here next week we hope you uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel we're also on all other media platforms and next week we're going to talk about domestic violence. A woman who uh, is from Colombia, suffered from domestic violence, moved to America to become a citizen, and she has worked her way up. So uh, please uh, join us for that inspiring story next Monday here on The Best Day Ever with Vanessa Broussard. I want to thank our sponsors. Huge thank you to BCPR and Marketing. BCPR and Marketing on LinkedIn and also Instagram. Ben and his team have been wonderful um, supporting Best Day Ever with Vanessa Broussard and helping us out along the way. So if you need any uh, public relation or marketing um, uh, help, make sure you contact BCPR and Marketing. Thank you all so much for joining us today. We'll see you right back here next week.